0: The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Four Center podcast feed. Now it's time for a Spotlight Star Wars with your host. Ken Knappsock.
2: Here we are recording this just days away of Star Wars Celebration and releasing this a day closer. It is Spotlight Star Wars. Happy to be with all of you celebrating Star Wars as we like to do on Force Center, but also what we really love to do in person. Very excited to uh, meet some of you listeners who are fortunate enough to be out there at Star Wars uh, Star Wars Celebration with Joseph and I. Jennifer, of course, can't make it, but her, uh, she will be there in spirit. And Joseph and I have got the live show at the Lulu Brewery Thursday night. It is a sold-out show, not even standing room only. But I will say this: it's a two-level bar, so hey, maybe if you pop downstairs, you can uh, catch some of the force falling down the stairs. You didn't hear that from me, but the event itself is sold out. But Joseph and I are going to be around. We got a lot of things to do at Star Wars Celebration, whether it's trying to attend panels, which is is quite frankly going to be difficult. We might have our own kind of uh, so-close-yet-so-far couch-con <laughs> at our hotel. We'll see about that. Stay tuned for uh, information. It's going to be it's gonna be a game-time decision if we can get into some of these panels. We'll find that out. Uh, but we've got the movie trivia schmodown panel, the Fatal Five-Way Contender match, which Joseph is competing in, and I'll be involved in some capacity. That's inside the convention. That's Friday about 2.15. Check your local listings for the room. I'll be hosting, co-hosting with Josh McCouga. The Mark Ellis comedy show taping Friday night. Two shows will be around there. Uh, that is a sold out event, I do believe. And then there is the movie trivia schmodown live event, offsite Saturday night. About a thousand people getting ready to watch a Star Wars championship match and a great uh, schmodown teams division match. Can Alex Damon be dethroned? You know, I, uh, as, as a professional broadcast journalist over there at the movie Trivia Schmode, and I can't be rooting for anyone, but I will say I know and believe in the knowledge and power of Joseph Scrimshaw's Star Wars trivia love and know-how, and it's going to be a good fight regardless. So it's going to be a lot of fun, and then we'll be around, we'll be around. I think, uh, Joseph heads out Sunday. I head out very early Monday morning, but that does mean we will be around and have time. We hope to hit the floor um, on a few occasions. I I I think my favorite part of any convention is just making sure I can hit the floor, as they say, because the floor is the convention. It's the lifeblood blood of the con- convention. News cycles and big panels and celebrity guests and you know surprise news drops, all those kind of things have become the norm of conventions, but at the end of the day, I still love what we're all there for, which is just rubbing shoulders with fans, seeing all the merch, all the uh, art, so many talented artists come out there to show their stuff, and it's just fun to be around Star Wars, and I love any convention floor, crowded or not, San Diego Comic-Con, I make a point to go at least once. I don't care if I'm shoulder to shoulder or it's a preview night with less people around. doesn't matter. It's a lot of fun, and I'll tell you, Star Wars Celebration is the best one so if you're listening and this is your first convention man that's going to be a exciting treat for you pace yourself uh the line situation has sort of changed so the the virtual queue i actually like it i'm not trying to take away the overnight line experience for those that love that and had a sense of community build up around that i just think i think it will be hopefully fingers crossed working smooth for everyone there and I i know a lot of people entered in the lottery to get to the panels and that's just uh, the way it is right now. It's the way these conventions kind of have to do it. It is, it is not Reed Pop or Lucasfilm that I think made this decision. I do believe it was the city of Chicago that felt they had to do stuff uh, logistically. Just things weren't going to work for them. And that was the decision that was made. So uh, we'll see how this line thing works. It could be a disaster. But you know we're Star Wars fans. We're there to celebrate Let's all band together and make it something, even if that light thing falls apart. For the sake of the nice folks at Lucasfilm putting on this uh, convention with ReadPop. So that is that for Star Wars Celebration. We are excited to be out there. Joseph and I are very excited. Uh, the live show, the live taping is going to be a lot of fun. Our special guest, Torino Ariano, is going to be there. You might know her from Collider Live, uh, moderating a lot of Google Talk uh, uh, panels and everything on, on um, for Google. So she's great and it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh and you never know who will drop by. I just started reading the Phantom Menace novelization and I kept saying I was going to do this. I kept threatening, kept threatening. Uh I uh was actually looking forward to this. Terry Brooks's novel. I, I remembered being, you know, something that I enjoyed at the time and I haven't really read it since. How do I know that? How do how do I how, how can I confirm for myself that I haven't read it in a long time? Well, as I grabbed the book off the shelf, my Phantom Menace ticket from May 19th, 1999, fell on out. Uh, was it May 19th? Oh, my gosh. I'm not competing in trivia. I don't need to know that. Uh, but it was May 1999, and it fell out at 10 a.m. show in Winneka Theater, Pacific Theaters, uh, Weneca, uh In Winneka, California is where I saw it, and that ticket fell out, and it's in pretty good condition. I don't know if it's frame-worthy, but I might have to. Uh, I still have, you know, we still have to May for the actual 20th anniversary. So I don't know. I might have to put, put the book down because uh, Claudia Gray's Master and Apprentice is out. I do have a copy of that in my hands. So I'm going to start reading that. But i I about four or five chapters into the Phantom Menace novel. And yeah, my memory is serving me correctly. It's a great read, it's interesting. And it starts, and I want to, you know, we'll, we'll dive in more into the novel. Now, there's other things I want to talk about today, including your Star Wars memories. But Spelllight Star Wars kind of monologue me to you. Follow me on this little adventure. The opening chapter, and I, I kind of forgot this. I knew I knew the, the novel didn't start the same way as the movie. The opening chapter begins with the pod race. The pod race that, not the as the one we know, but the pod race in which Anakin crashes, the one he's referencing in the movie. Uh, the one that, uh, you know, Wadda's not too happy there. Uh, Anakin crashed it. And it is uh it is there, uh, and it starts the novel, and I think it's a fascinating way to start the story. Then you go into a little bit of stuff with his mom, you meet Shmi early on, Watu's there. And I'm never one to super second guess the creative process that other people's go other people go through and the decisions made. Uh, even I, I like directors' cuts but I'm not a huge fan of them. Um, You know, I love my Return of the King director's cuts, uh, uh, and we're not here talking about Snyder cuts or anything like that, but when it's an auteur that has control of it, I I like it. I also kind of agree with J.J. Abrams, like, eh, you know, I don't really like the deleted scene route or the director's cut. What's in the movie is in the movie, though the Force Awakens did have some good deleted scenes. Uh, But, so that said, I'm not here to question George Lucas' decisions in 1999, or in the months and weeks and days leading up to the release of The Phantom Menace, I understand why he started the story where he did. But as much as uh, I've become a prequelist now, and uh, I say that very proudly, as much as I do just enjoy watching The Phantom Menace, even with the Roger Rogerness of it all, uh, you know, we, there's a lot of great moments in there and a lot of story to mine and important characters, and important moments, and all that stuff. I, I always say it starts a little slow for me. And that was the first time I saw it in the theater. I Kind of this, uh uh-oh, things seem different vibe. Not, though, that the other movies don't start in similar fashions. Return of the Jedi starts with uh, a landing. Empire Strikes Back starts with the probe launch, but, uh, you know, it's a little mystery to that, but it is just probes being launched. New Hope starts, I think, the best. I think that is the best opening to uh, any Star Wars movie, and I love the Revenge of the Sith opening. War. Boom, boom. Boom, boom. I think that is a great opening. I like the choices made in Force Awakens. I really like the choice in Last Jedi. The music cue is really uh, just a classic cue. You start with a big evacuation. I like all that. There's always a lot of pressure on the openings, but let's not forget Return of the Jedi was a uh, hey, Vader's coming for a visit. Here he is. Here's the landing. So I understand that the Phantom Menace uh, you know, would... uh, would uh, just kind of start very quiet, very subtly. It's kind of the state of the galaxy at this point. The Phantom Menace is there, but we don't quite know yet. The trade route uh, taxation and uh, route problem has begun. The blockade of Naboo is going on. There's some problems, but we're starting everything kind of on the quiet side, and I understand that. But go with me now on this thought that what if we had begun with the pod race? What are the... I guess criticisms I, I hear and I understand about Phantom Menace is we don't meet Anakin Skywalker until X amount of minutes into the movie, not in front of me. Um, he does pop in a little bit late. So is he the protagonist? Is Obi-Wan the protagonist? I know there was drafts of the script that maybe had it more about him being the protagonist, but nah, I would say he's not. He does does do a lot of sitting. Uh, is it Qui Gon? I mean, Qui Gon's definitely kind of the spark of that story in a way, and it's a stoic spark. But we're following—I think we're following him at least in the beginning. He is the Jedi. Obi Wan's the Padawan, and we're we're getting introduced to that entire world. Which, by the way, not for nothing, we hadn't heard that kind of stuff yet. We've always heard about it, but right away, you know, remember Obi Wan, the old crazy space wizard in the desert. Here's his teacher. Here's the. Uh, kind of uh, how they teach and the structure of the of, of the of the teaching and the order the Jedi order. So I thought that, that's interesting stuff. But it is a slow start. Imagine though, if you had just start started right up, boom, fade in a pod race. Would it take away the magic of the pod race later on? Maybe. Again, I think that's probably what George was thinking. Uh, even more so than keeping Anakin back a little bit. I think let's. Uh, race is maybe our crown jewel sequence and set piece in this movie, even more so than the final battle. They put a lot into it, and it is a long sequence. We got three laps there, as uh, the uh, Nintendo 64 game and the later PS2 version will remind you. Uh, uh, Three tough laps there, so I get that decision, and I get this, even though episode one through six are are considered Anakin's story by George himself, I understand holding back a little bit on it again, but I I I and, and reading this novel, it's a great start to the story. It is that kind of cold open in a way. Uh, of we've got a lot of other things going on, but in the other part of the galaxy, this kid, this kid, you you know as a fan, you know who he is, you know what he's gonna be. This is our story. And I can imagine a really intense pod race that has a kid crashing harrowing kind of crash and a race uh, I, I again, I understand you don't want to take the glory off of the pod race that comes later on, the Boon Eve classic, but it would have been an interesting kind of fast paced beginning to the story, and then I don't think you need to spend as much time with Watto and Schmie as you do in, in, in the book, I understand introducing them a little bit later, or maybe just have a quick little moment with them, and I'm not saying linger on it, it shouldn't be ten minutes but you know what I mean? Storytelling nowadays, there's a lot of that kind of cold open. Here's our story elsewhere. We'll come back to that. Remember that. Now, I didn't. I don't want like Phantom Menace to begin with that the, the title two days ago. I, I don't like when stories overuse that stuff, um, that kind of thing. But it would have been interesting. I don't know what you think. If you've read the novel, let me know. We'll start reading it a little bit more. I might have to put it aside, like I said, to take in uh, Master and Apprentice. We're definitely looking forward to that. So that might be next on the docket. But what do you think? The Padres, the beginning of the Phantom Menace. Would you have liked that?
1: bombas big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST
0: for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes.
2: Nice dress. Uh it's a it's a t-shirt.
0: Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com.
2: For me, it's a tough week personally. A lot of things going on in my family, uh, a death, some medical stuff going on there, and, uh, um, it was interesting because one of the one of the phrases uh, that came to my mind, one of the comforting phrases that popped up, was Luke Skywalker saying to Princess Leia, General Leia, at the end, "Last Jedi, no one is ever really gone." I lost my grandfather, ninety four, lived a long, long life, but it was a tough end, and it's a uh, it's trying on any. Any family, of course, this kind of death, no matter when. Uh, and uh, I did get to say goodbye and have a final moment with him. And I'm very fortunate and, 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 and grateful I got that. But it is interesting. The morning that it happened, uh, a few days after I had last seen him, that word, that phrase, those phrases just popped into my head. No one is ever really gone. And it's funny because that sentence is a great moment, right? It's a great little moment in the movie. It's meta because we know, unfortunately, uh, what has happened. Uh, it's about the time we're watching this, what happened with Carrie Fisher. And it was our way of kind of saying goodbye in this moment. It was a great, powerful moment for the characters of Luke and Leia to be get, uh, be together again, and of course, as it's referring uh, directly to Kylo, it's interesting, you can really dive into that line, right? You can really, really, really spend some time on that line, I do, especially as it relates to the redemption of Kylo Ren, and what that might mean, we'll see if we get any more clues as a Star Wars celebration, with the trailer and all those, in the title. It'd be interesting if the title is Star Wars Episode Nine: The Redemption of Kylo Ren, and we'd be like, oh, well, that's our answer, no, no, no. Um, but that line itself, because it comes in the, you know, the kind of full context is uh, Luke saying, look, I'm paraphrasing, but Luke's saying, hey, Leia, I ain't here to save the kid. I got I to gotta take him out. I got to destroy him. I got to do something. And her saying, I know. I know he's gone. Though, those comments th- th- have weight for me as a Star Wars fan. If Kylo's redeemed, does that validate those words? No, no, I, I don't think it is. It's those kind of stories. you know. The, the redemption of Kylo Ren would be surprising to those that knew including Leia and Luke. So I don't think it does, but I always do find it interesting though that the line no one is ever really gone isn't about death. It's uh, it's about Kylo and 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 uh redemption possibly. Possibly, maybe. Also might be about Luke you know, I don't know if Luke knows what's happening at this point, if he, if he knows that this is his uh, final uh, you know curtain call in story. So maybe he's telling Leia that, too. There's a lot of things, which is why I love it. I love those lines, and I hope you do, too. I love those moments in Star Wars that aren't clear-cut. They have lessons, but we can dive into them. That's part of the fun, and sometimes we all forget that. But I love that moment because it also, like a lot of things in Star Wars, supersedes... The story supersedes its intentions in the story. No one is ever really gone. Those were the words that popped in my head after the loss of my grandfather this week. And they provided comfort. As you look through pictures and videos and all the things you have in your heart and your minds and your memories and your phones and your files and your desks hidden in the back, all these pictures. Because remember, pictures used to have to be on paper, kids. It's interesting that those words popped in my head, and those words might pop into a lot of people's heads. The final moments of Anakin Skywalker, whether it's Aiden Christensen, Sebastian Shaw, or some kind of mashed-up version of both, it doesn't really matter. That moment might provide comfort for someone who maybe lost a parent or grandparent, and, and the relationship was strained, and there was a, a bedside reunion. That's got to be powerful. All those moments where a lot of the characters in Star Wars had to say goodbye. They supersede the story. And it's such a powerful testament of what Star Wars is, of the power of Star Wars, of why we love Star Wars. It is never just as simple as what we're seeing, though it's funny because I think Star Wars is pretty simple. It's pretty direct. This whole modern myth take... And you'll hear us talk over and over again of what George really intended and what he did, what's at the core of Star Wars, speaking to the youth, speaking to the 12-year-olds, and all that's real, which is why it's, it's kind of really simple. The themes are there. The Star Wars poetry isn't just plot points. It's the timeless lessons because we need to learn them ourselves over and over and over again and generations after generations. We don't seem to learn. Uh, one generation doesn't learn something, and then it's fixed for everyone else. We all have to go through it. Every generation thinks uh, they're the ones that uh, are the first to go through the problems. Or every generation thinks they're the ones that created sex. You know what I mean? So Star Wars should be simple. It should have a rhyme and a rhythm to it. There should be poetry. And it should also mean a lot more than what you're seeing on screen. And it does. And this week I found a lot of comfort in that final moment between Luke and Leia. No one has ever really gone. Grandpa, you're still around, and those listening, I know you've got similar situations either ahead of you that you're dealing with now or you've dealt with in the past. And It's nice to know that we can still fall into the comfort of Star Wars and all the debates and all the... Ma- Holdo man- Holdo's maneuver destroyed Star Wars. Maybe. Doesn't matter. It's what that moment meant. That's what matters. I don't like the checklists of canon... I enjoy good canon stuff. I enjoy finding the answers. I enjoy Star Wars for the way it makes me feel, the way it comforts me, for the way it inspires me. That's why I love it. And I think a lot of you feel the same way because that's why you're here on Spotlight Star Wars. So thanks, Luke. Thanks, Ryan Johnson. Thanks for those words. They meant a lot to me this week. I want to close the show with some Star Wars memories. I take these from the Force Center Discord server, and you can access that by becoming a patron uh, a patron of our Patreon page, I should say. I always hate it when other people say it wrong, and I just said it wrong. Become a patron of our Patreon page, forcecenter.com slash... Uh, oh, gosh, patreon.com slash Center. Yeah, you can forgive me, right? I got a few memories here. I got a few memories here, and they all kind of had a... Had a theme, and and I think they tie in a little bit to Star Wars Celebration. This is from DC. They're right, uh, this isn't an old memory, but a fond one nonetheless. My passion for Star Wars was reignited with the announcement of the sequel trilogy. After Episode 7, I began to read every canon novel, the comics, watch all the cartoons to expand upon the series I loved. Fortunately, something was still missing. I didn't know anyone who shared my level of enthusiasm for the series. I wasn't able to dive deep into the characters and stories of Star Wars with anyone. I turned to the internet. It was never fully satisfied until I heard about a Star Wars podcast that celebrated all of Star Wars. So I downloaded the latest available episode, databank brawl number sixty four, Jira versus Rada the Hutlet. I must have looked like an idiot laughing out loud as I pushed my lawnmower around the backyard. But after listening to Ken, "Hey, that's me," and Joseph improvise a battle between an elderly fruit trader and a space slug, I knew I'd found what I was missing. Farther missing episode since, and I'm happy to be part of such a positive Star Wars community. Uh, I'm going to keep reading, go through all the memories. Uh, Django's got a mango, one of my favorite names in our spear here. I've got a more recent one as well. Unfortunately, I'm very bad at remembering specific moments of my childhood. I hear you, Django. Uh, although I do remember loving Lego because of Star Wars. Anyways, Django mango writes for Episode Seven. My dad got tickets for the early showing that night before release at a local theater inside a shopping mall. It was a brilliant. Uh, it was brilliant because we could show up super early and just set up in the mall rather than outside. I was coming home from college that day, a 10-hour drive, and went straight to the theater to meet up with my dad. We spent hours in our folding chairs in the middle of the mall talking about Star Wars at the front of a slowly forming line. Eventually, a news team showed up and asked us what if we wanted to be interviewed, which my dad quickly took them up on. Thinking back at times like these, it's interesting to note that what I remembered was not watching the movie itself, but the time before and after the movie, talking endlessly with my family about it, and watching the recording my mom said to my dad, it out for the world to see. Final memory comes from Lauren Romo, who is one of the admins on the uh, Last Star Wars fan group, which you can find on Facebook. Used to just focus a little bit on Collider Jedi Council, but it's expanded, and I think that's a great idea. Check that out. Ask to join. Get in there if you want. She writes this, my memory is more recent as well. Ever since Lucas from Disney announced that Star Wars was coming back, I've been euphoric with emotions. I've never really thought of myself as a Star Wars nerd, but something inside me just erupted when The Force Awakens came out in 2015. Maybe I got a lightsaber. uh, Maybe I got caught up in the height. Excuse me, I'm skipping ahead. Maybe I got caught up in the height. Maybe my childhood memories just ignited like a lightsaber. There it is. I couldn't even get enough Star Wars. I started reading the canon books and comics. I went even out of my comfort zone zone and joined a Star Wars-related Facebook group in 2017. And two years later, here I am, an admin for the group. I've made some amazing friendships because of Star Wars. I am forever grateful for finding this whole other side of Star Wars fandom, especially Jennifer, Cannon and Joseph. Well, thank you, Lauren. Thank you, Django's Got a Mango. And thank you, DC. All of your shared Star Wars memories are similar to me and, and uh, unintentionally themed because they are recent. They are related to the Force Awakens. They are related to the explosion of Star Wars. That really uh, began with the Force Awakens, and even slightly before that, I think the sale of Lucasfilm, obviously 2012, and then the news, and then the speculation, which was a little bit different. The speculation back then, back then, like it was decades, but it seems like a lifetime ago. It was different. We're all part of it. We learn to speculate responsibly a little bit later on, but that's part of the fun. And never, never feel bad about speculating. But then it's things like the community that springs up around this newfound passion and fervor for Star Wars. Was it always there? Yes. But it came back and then it brought in a lot of new people with it. We've talked about that often. But in 2015, Star Wars Celebration itself became something different. It's been around for years. We know that. Just listen to stories from our pal Mark Riley. He was performed at some of the early uh, Star Wars celebrations, uh, doing the Star Wars in in 30 minutes. Different times. But conventions grew. San Diego Comic Con by the late 2000s was something a lot different than it was even back in the early 2000s. And in 2015, Star Wars celebration became the kind of powerhouse of the convention circuit that it is now, and I think 2019. They took a year off to get it right. I think 2019 is going to be Very interesting. And everything that DC and Django's Got a Mango and Lauren are talking about here in their memories has to do about the community. It's interesting. It's very interesting that Django's Got a Mango, his memories of episode seven are more to do with the before and after. Talking with fans, celebrating, guessing, predicting, than afterwards, just having a lot of fun talking about what they just saw. Those are my memories, too. I talk about seeing The Phantom Menace. It was after had discussions with my friends that I remember more than some of the experiences in the theater seeing it. Uh, what Lauren's talking about. Didn't consider herself a, quote, Star Wars nerd. We're all Star Wars nerds at heart, I guess. But this new wave of films and stories brought it out, and that's why we'll always celebrate what's going on right now. Disney, Star Wars, modern Star Wars, the new canon era, whatever you want to say, it doesn't matter. Is it perfect? No! Or the other eras is perfect. No, we know that. We know that. It's like I've been a professional wrestling fan my entire life. I've been in and out of the, in and out of the professional wrestling business business since two thousand one. And I still, to this day, in twenty nineteen, will get someone to say like, ah, "Yeah, I mean, you no, know, you know, it's fake." Yes, I mean that's a weird word to use for, to someone who's suffered concussions and cuts and injuries in the wrestling business, but I know what you mean, but yes. Yes, we know. Is modern Star Wars perfect? No, but this is what it's done. And just like I know wrestling's, quote, fake, I still get the enjoyment out of it and the inspiration, and I get to have fun with it. I'm there with it. I'm there with Star Wars in this modern era, and I think you are too. And Star Wars Celebration brings that out. The memories shared here by Lauren and Django's got a mango, I love saying that name, in DC are going to be memories in motion this coming week in Star Wars Celebration. Lauren's talking about making amazing friends because of Star Wars. Being grateful for finding this whole other side of Star Wars fandom. DC's talking about not having anyone to talk Star Wars with, which is something I grew up with. Yeah, my friends, we did, we did, we did. But it wasn't like the same way, and at times you were persecuted for it. That's changed. That's why I love podcasts. I love what we do here Spotlight Star Wars and Force Center. Me, Joseph, and Jennifer, we are your Star Wars buddies if you don't have any. But hopefully, hopefully you do. And hopefully you'll continue to find them. And just like Django's got a mango, when you see Episode 9, for some of you listening, it's quite possible that that is your first Star Wars movie in a theater. It's possible. Each Star Wars film brings in new fans, and you might be like him, remembering the connections and the conversations just as much than the movies. Star Wars it is a simple little space saga. But it inspires so much, it comforts, and it creates connections and shared celebrations and shared memories. I always contend, your memories, you, the one listening to this podcast right now, your memories that seem like yours and yours alone are shared. We're all in this together, for each other, with each other. We're all here to have fun. I cannot wait to see you all at Star Wars Celebration if you're fortunate enough to go. Do not be shy. Do not be shy. We understand, Joseph and I, that you might have seen us on some shows or answering some trivia questions correctly, and you listen to us and you enjoy what we do. Don't treat us any different. Come on up and say hi. Say who you are. Say, hey, listen to the show, and we'll take it from there. That's part of the reason we're going. It isn't a adulation. Well, hello. Oh, you listen to Four Center. No. No, no, no. We're going to look you in the eye and say, so happy to meet you. So happy to be a Star Wars fan next to you. I can't wait. Let's bring it on. Let's celebrate Star Wars. We'll see you next time. Don't forget my book, Why We Love Star Wars, is available for pre-order on Amazon where other fine books are sold. Ask for it at your local bookstore, too, if you want. it. It's released May 15th. We'll see you very soon. At Star Wars Celebration.
0: Thanks for listening to Spotlight Star Wars on Force Center. Follow us on Twitter at Force Center Pod and follow Ken online, including Twitch, at Ken Knappsock. Consider supporting Force Center on Patreon at patreon.com slash Force Center. Go to ForceCenterPod.Podomatic.net for more information. And use the hashtag Wars to join the conversation. Until next time, this has been Spotlight Star Wars on Force Center.
3: Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince.